Hello and welcome to Not So Molly Mormon Podcast. Hello, welcome back everyone. Welcome to the new year. It's 2023 and this is Sarah. And this is Katie. Happy New Year, heathens. Happy New Year. <laughs> welcome Woo. to the evil robot. Is that what it is? Evil robot Satan bitches? I always get it wrong. I can't uh, my brain. Evil Satan robot bitches? Evil Satan robot bitches. Yeah. 2023. 2023. We're, we're out here just being evil and, um, you know, causing causing people to go astray. It's That's what we do. That's yeah. what we're here for. Um, Going to darkness. Woo, woo. <laughs> It's a year, you know, screw the year of the rabbit. It's a year of chubby spinsters because that's also a classic one that (laughs) I just, I think it's one of my all-time favorite remarks that we've ever received from a troll. (laughs) So good. The year of, yeah, it's the year of, of devils. I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah. (laughs) I'm all for it. Um, I want to give a couple of shout outs because we got some new patrons. Ah. Tell me more. Hello and welcome to patron Allison. Hi, Allison. Oh, hello, Allison. And welcome. Thanks for supporting the podcast. This is off topic. Well, not really. But whenever I hear the name Allison, I think of Hocus Pocus when she goes, Allison, Allison, kiss me. I'm Allison. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I forgot. I mean, I haven't forgot about Hocus Pocus. I watched it every single year. Side note on that, too. That was one of the films I watched while I was in labor was Hocus Pocus 2. Oh, nice. Nice. It was right before things got too shit. And I was like. Good thing I squeezed that in before the contractions came. Good thing, good thing you squeezed it in before you squeezed him out. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, thanks, Allison, for joining us. We also have new patron, Mike. Hi, Mike. Welcome. Thank Hello, you for joining Mike. us. And last but not least, uh, patron Janet upped her pledge. So she's pledging more per month. Thank you so much. Janet, you babe, that is so generous and kind. Thank you for your pledge. That is really lovely and we appreciate it. And welcome everyone to Patreon. Welcome everyone. Yeah. If you want to join us on Patreon, there's always a link in the show notes. It's patreon.com slash not so Molly Mormon. And we, um, yeah, we actually just recorded a little, episode just for the patrons that is going to be up there so go check it out uh yeah we have a lot of fun on patreon we do we have fun and lots of giggles lots of videos well not a lot but there's quite a few videos today no video but you know (laughs) every now and then i throw a bra on and put some mascara on you know just for you (laughs) i was was gonna say our boobs are covered in the videos i'm sorry (laughs) about it Yeah, sorry guys. If you think that they're going to be out and that's motivation for you to join, I'm going to have to disappoint you and tell you that they're not out. So don't join if that's what you're looking for. It's not going to be there. Free the titties. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, that's all I have for announcements. And Sarah, our our lovely dear sister Sarah here. Sister Sarah. (laughs) <laughs> she has planned our topic today, and I don't know what it is, so I'm really excited. <laughs> oh, boy. I feel like I'm a bit predictable now because I just, there's so much content, so many hidden gems. They're not even hidden. There's so many obvious gems on the church's website that I feel like we could have this podcast <laughs> for 20 plus years because yes. I go there. And it's just like, oh, my God, how we need to cover this. We need to cover that. Like, there's so much. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, you know, Katie and I were thinking about our podcast episodes and she was like, how about you do one this week and I'll do the other one? I thought, great, let me let me think about what we can cover. And you know how Spotify does like the whole 2022 year wrapped up or Uh Mm -hmm. all of that. So I was thinking, like, I wonder if the church does something like that go to their website and they do they have like a little recap of everything that they've done in 2022 oh no Um, which is a whole (laughs) other episode i want to do another day and maybe if listeners if you're interested in this maybe just say yes otherwise we won't cover it but i thought it was interesting that they have a whole recap of all the money they spent in the year but they're very vague because i clicked on that article and it doesn't go into as much detail gives a lot of numbers 
gives a very vague answer, but not a lot about like, huh, is it all of that that goes there? Let's see. Those I'm seats. sure it's, it's, it's vague. Also, they don't tell you how much is coming in. Exactly. So anyways, that could be a whole other episode that I found interesting. Um, but this is one that I came. So it's like a wrapped up, you know, like on the the website, on their their landing page. It's like 2022. You go through. There's different articles. And this one caught my eye because it's about activism in the church. Oh, OK. OK. So and it's it's by a state president, Brother Ahmed S. Corbett. He gives a talk. Um I'm not sure, to be honest, if it was um, one that he actually gave in front of a live audience or if it was like a devotional or what, or if it was just a seminar, because it not only has the actual talk, but you can, the talk in and of itself on the website is highlights of the talk. And then it says to view the entire article, you click on it, there's a PDF, y'all, like a long PDF of the okay. talk. You know, um, you know. I think I've seen and heard a little bit referencing this. So I'm glad that you're covering it because I remember when I first saw it, I was like, ooh, this is problematic. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm glad you're getting more into it. Oh, I, mean, I do think I recall it was something like he gave this lesson or talk or whatever we're going to call it to like other um was it other like leaders and teachers in the church like people that teach others in the church or was it just in general to the church I think it was here let me just pull it up no okay so it says here that brother Ahmed S. Corbett first first counselor in the young men general presidency spoke to church endorsed chaplains in a conference center theater on my baby's birthday on October 4th 2022 Okay. Okay. This is recent. So yeah, I can, there's a picture of him at a podium. So it was at a conference center and I don't know what really entails church endorsed chaplains. I don't know what that means, like who exactly that entails, but yeah, Yeah, they're, they're basically like church leaders in some form or another. Yeah. Yeah. So the name of this, so that on the, on the website, like at first it says, Brother Ahmed S. Corbett, how activism against the church can blind, mislead, valiant souls. Oh, hey, they're talking about us. Yep. And then the actual, <laughs> like, the actual name or how he's, like, termed it throughout the whole talk is activism versus discipleship. Okay. Yeah. Okay, of course. They're the righteous ones. And we're the activism against the church. Yeah, it's, it's very problematic. And especially, so the thing that really stood out to me first and foremost is I was like, Oh, they're going to do activism. They're going to use this as an excuse as to why the member numbers of the church are dropping. And, you know, they're going to blame it on people being quote unquote too liberal now or too activist and wanting to, you know, go against what the church stands for because the worldly, views are more prominent these days or more popular, blah, blah, blah. That uh, in and of itself is already problematic. But then knowing that this guy is in the general presidency for the young men. So he is addressing mm. youth, like young people all the time. And this whole talk is essentially targeted towards the youth, trying to get them to like basically brainwash them. Everything is in here is like brainwashing. And they use Ugh. again this terminology that they're trying to stay woke. They even at some point in this talk, which I think I've, I pulled out this quote, they use the word gaslighting, but in terms of activism, like activism is gaslighting the youth or church or the wow. church. Like, so it's just ridiculous. Cause obviously we know that the church is the one who's doing that and not. Yeah. Not classic. Classic. Uh, it's like, Oh, how dare the world be progressive and want to include people and give people rights and yeah. and progress. Oh, how dare they? You know, they're oh. they're against us. Mm-hmm. Yep. So before I get into it, because there's whew, I didn't obviously I pulled up the PDF and it's really long. I think it's like 12 pages. Didn't want to do that. Did the talk, pulled out some highlights. And even that is like there was so much to cover because it's just ridiculous what they 
like what this guy talks about and how it's such brainwashing and so problematic. Um, but if you want to read the whole thing, it's on thechurchnews.com. Just go there, type it in, you'll find this guy. Or if you just want to quickly download it so that you're not on the church's site, go there. They have like the PDF and they also have it on the church news. Okay. Okay. Got it. So it first starts off with this. So brother Ahmed S. Corbett, he, while he was serving as a state president, he was teaching about the family, a proclamation to the world in a sack. Barf. Yeah. Already. Okay. So this is like, no, this is like what sparks his whole, oh, I'm going to do a whole talk on this is that he was teaching this in a sacrament service. So for non-Mormons or never Mo's. So sacrament is what we talked about is like the third meeting or the first meeting of the day It's the big one, the most important one where you take the bread and the water and mm-hmm. people, you know, either give talks like members either give talks or you have like fast and testimony meeting, blah, blah, blah. So during the sacrament service, apparently one brother, because, you know, Mormons call each other brother <laughs> and sister, uh-huh. very publicly walked out in protest. And it's good said, for him. Yeah, good for him, which I tried to find, like, a, I didn't know if they had, like, a YouTube video or not, because, you know, sometimes they do have, like, YouTube videos of church members recording, like, these talks or walking out. Uh-huh. I couldn't find it, but I wonder <laughs> if there is one, and that's why he gave this talk to kind of, like, you know, do the church PR, essentially. Like, I wonder Perhaps. if, oh, there's a video out there, let me try to, like, cover let this up or, like, head. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but for anyone who's a Nevermo, you probably, <clears throat> excuse me, you probably know this by now, but the family proclamation is like the church's doctrine, quote unquote, about how like only men can be with women and like gender is eternal. It's just very homophobic and transphobic. Oh, and sex- right. so, <laughs> Yeah. So it goes on. It says, quote, although the member had failed to sustain his leaders, Brother Corbett counseled with him about the impropriety of his method and help him understand prophetic prophetic principles. So church leaders also continued to help the brother financially support his family and regain employment. So I left that in there because I think it's really it just shows the church again. It's like we're going to try to counsel you about like, this is inappropriate, how you'd handle this. You shouldn't have walked out. We want you to understand the prophet and his principles, but we're also going to let the world know that we, we still continue to help him financially and we helped him get employment because we're, we're good people. Like that. Oh my God. It's such a cult. Okay. First of all, I have so many issues with this. First of all, <laughs> if you believe in free agency, like you say you do Mormon church, let the dude walk out and like, don't make it be like they're, they're being so controlling by saying, no, you did that wrong. How, I feel like that's the most peaceful way to protest. It's not like he stood up and made a scene like shouting in sacrament meeting. He left because he disagreed with what you were saying. Like that's fully within his rights. But then also I kind of call bullshit on helping him financially because that, that could happen, but a lot of times it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. Exactly. I agree. As we talked about in a few other episodes, like it's a lot of work to get first of all your bishop or your church like your ward to financially support you and it's not just outright like oh you know I've been paying tithing my entire life but this year I was laid off and my family and I need some financial support until I can get a job blah blah here's here's some money doesn't work like that from how I've seen it because I've helped the bishop in certain situations like help members in this where they have to ask questions basically about how like worthy they are and you know are they still wearing their garments if they've gone to the temple or they paying tithing and if you know they're still quote-unquote worthy then okay let's maybe move on to the next one can we give you food from the warehouse like it's never just straight up like let me give you some money since you've paid the tithing in here's a, mm-hmm. a payback here's some money to help you pay your bills it's not as simple as that it's like they right. get all these steps and then even at the point where maybe they do give you some financial support in terms of like monetary support from what I've seen. And again, I don't know how it's done in other wards, but I specifically remember a family in our ward who would, they would make them like clean the church Mm -hmm. quite a few times or like do other things where it was like they were paying back or like working for this support basically. Right. Oh, definitely. And I think it completely, well, 
maybe not completely, but a lot of it also depends on your bishop, like who your bishop is and how. But I think the bishops also have to go through these like steps and these protocols in order to get people help. So it's very much like not as simple as, oh, here's a check for to help you with rent. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, so um, that in and of itself, like so this this all kicks off with this guy who stands up and leaves. And then another quote from the brother Corbett, who wrote this talk, he said, we recognized who he really was, overlooked his lapse in judgment and taught him. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. He did not have a lapse in judgment. He was standing up for what was right by not listening to that bullshit about the family proclamation. Uh-huh. And because of that whole situation, he thought, OK, you know what? I'm going to write this talk and deliver this article that I'm going to call it basically uh, activism or advocacy against the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He said that that was an example. <sighs> of activism against the church and so then he created this talk that's called activism versus discipleship protecting the valiant oh my god protecting the valiant Mm. yeah 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 so sorry if you guys can hear my baby in the background crying i'm trying not to be distracted but if you can hear him poor little baby he's crying oh Oh. (laughs) um anyways so, yeah, so the fact that this is an example, this is what kicked it all off, was this guy just standing up and leaving, and now it's activism against the church. So, <laughs> it's like, wow, I guess <laughs> what we do compared to that is uh, quite a lot more. <laughs> know, that's what I was thinking, and it just, he makes it into this whole drama and how he presents it. Of course, if you're a young Mormon and you're reading this, you're like, oh, my God, I get it. Yeah, activism is of the devil. That's horrible what that person did. And how <laughs> dare them because how he words it. Um, and so he goes on to say, he goes, I would like to address an especially effective tactic Satan is using to blind and mislead the young, those transitioning from other religious traditions and cultures, and even longtime and lifetime members of the Lord's restor- restored church. In my humble view, it is one of the great mists of darkness of our time. I speak of our enemy's effort to transform disciples of Jesus Christ into activists toward or against the Lord's church and its leaders. Oh, my God. Because, of course, we're controlled by Satan. Of course. It's a, oh, for fuck's sake. It, it, this is always the thing. It's like, you're just controlled by Satan. You're being led astray by Satan. Nah, nah I don't even believe that Satan's real. So Exactly. <laughs> and... And it's so problematic to begin with. So he he defines activism, which again, if you're like a young person who this this guy, you know, he's in the young men, so like he's talking to young, the the youth most of the time, they're gonna hear this, mm-hmm. and they're probably not gonna Google to see like what is the actual definition of activism or what does this really mean and tell. They're just gonna take what he's saying as truth, as gospel truth, right? So mm-hmm. his definition of activism is. The policy or action of using campaigning or vigorous campaigning to bring about political or social change, especially in support of or opposition to one side of a controversial issue. So it has to be a controversial issue. It has to be like vigorous campaign. You know, it's like all the words that they use is very negative, right? Yeah. Like it's not like oh, oh, right. activism is a positive thing. It brings about positive change in society to support, you know, right. blah, blah. It's. Yeah. And then he does the uh, flip where it's like the classic church thing where they, you know, start off with this negative bit, but then they switch it to where like, well, activism, not all activism is bad. You know, the, the American history and he even use these quotes for the Boston Tea Party to the Declaration of Independence <laughs> is yeah, 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 just, activism and advocacy. Well, well no shit, Sherlock. Like, <laughs> I just. Oh, I'm over here. Yeah, the way that they frame it is so funny because it's like, I feel like if regular people understand what activism is, and it's usually, in most cases, for positive change, but he wants to frame it as such that it's like going against the church. Exactly. And he basically is saying that, like, activism within the government or, you know, within the United States specifically um, is okay. 
It's just whenever you apply those same principles to questioning things in the church, that's not okay. And <laughs> he even says, he's just like, quote, but activism or advocacy directed toward or against the church is a secular worldly device misapplied in a spiritual otherworldly context. Change oh in the kingdom of God is not accomplished in the same way as changes in, say, government. <laughs> when activism or advocacy is directed at the kingdom of God on earth or as leaders, especially prophets and apostles, it is the wrong tool for the wrong job in the wrong place. Why? Because it effectively but subtly, subtly undermines the doctrine of Christ, which is God's plan for changing, saving, and exalting his children. That's a lot of words to say, uh -huh. to just say, shut up and don't criticize us. Exactly. That's all it's saying. It's saying, you know what? Yeah, you can, you can question things in government and politics outside of the church, but that's not the same thing. You can't, you can't do that in the church, which I also find really ridiculous because the church is supposed to be based on this, like you sustain your prophets and leaders. They give you free agency and choice to, you know, if they have like a new calling, if someone called as a bishop or a new prophet, whatever, you're supposed to be able to raise your hand to either say, yes, I support them or I sustain them or I don't. But as soon as someone does that, it's considered bad and you're not supposed to. You have to just always sustain them and always support your leaders no matter what. Yeah, it's this false idea that you really have that you have freedom when you really don't. Uh -huh. Because if you question anything, you're you're disciplined uh, or kicked out or whatever. And how how silly because the whole premise of the Mormon religion is because is that Joseph Smith questioned whether exactly. which which religion which church was true. And now they're saying you can't question the church, question everything else or, you know, advocate for for change in other things, but not in the church. But it needs to church. stay how it is like, um, mm, OK, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I just when I was reading this article, I was like, fuck and how how did I never view this as a cult? Like this is such cult behavior. Like, yes. I mean, and especially, again, that is written for the youth. I mean, yeah, he was talking to church leaders, but essentially it was like how to get them to communicate this to the youth. Like that's. The oh, message. completely. They're, they're really trying to retain membership in the youth because that's who's leaving the most. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there's even and this is like the. Oh, yeah, he even breaks it down to how you can prevent this from happening. So he calls it. The adversary's three-step maneuver. <laughs> oh my God. I just okay. I just pictured Satan doing like a three-step dance. His three-step maneuver, like wham, wham, wham. I'm getting all the youth. Wham, wham, wham. A three-step maneuver. <laughs> oh my God! Can someone please make a gif or a meme out of that? I'm just seeing this like gif of like this dance of Satan doing like the three-step maneuver. It's <laughs> three-step maneuver. It's the new hot TikTok dance. <laughs> it's the new hot TikTok dance. Yes. Oh my God! I think I think we have the name of the episode: the Satan's three-step maneuver. <laughs> All right, please do tell me what his, his three-step maneuver is. Okay. To, get, so, to criticize the He calls it, he goes, he described the adversary's three-step strategy for this entrapment mm. <laughs> as a genius in its simplicity and effectiveness. So, number one, focus the rising generation and the valiant generally away from the doctrine of Christ and onto real or imagined unfairness or injustice in the Lord's church and the imperfections of his leaders. Oh, 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 hold up. <laughs> real or imagined? I'm sorry. Okay. First of all, it's all real. We didn't just all collectively nope. imagine this unfairness. And then to the, the the classic scapegoat of oh he was just acting as a man it was just one of the leaders oh. no sir the whole entire church doctrine and system is flawed and fucked up and unfair and bigoted that's the problem and we're not that. just imagining it it's real yeah. <laughs> I've 
do that would trigger. I was like, oh, I can't wait for Katie to hear the imagined unfairness. (laughs) You knew that that would get my blood boiling. I sat up so straight when I heard that. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's such like, yeah, dismissive of like, oh, it, you know, like they might have imagined unfairness or real, you know, but that's what you shouldn't focus on that. These complaints yeah. that people have, they're not real. They're just they're not real. Not. Or or if they are real, it was just someone got offended by a bishop okay. once. Um, you know, that does happen, but that's not the main issue. Nope. <sighs> not at all. Yeah. I read that first one. I was like, okay. Hey, number two, use this shift in focus to stir up feelings of disillusionment, annoyance, resentment, anger, or hatred towards church policy, declarations, proclamations, principles, doctrines, and eventually leaders. So you're not allowed to be angry at the fact that the church is blatantly bigoted and racist and sexist. You just, you can't do that because that's Satan's part of his strategy. Again, turn off your feelings, turn them off. Yep. Like light switch, because yeah, if you feel those feelings, they're from Satan. So you can't be upset, angry, sad, hurt, any of those things. If you're feeling that. It's it's something wrong with you and Satan's affecting you, um, the adversary, you know, uh, and therefore you're you're in the wrong. It's like you're in the wrong. Yep. You know, we're questioning these things because they're hateful and they're problematic and they're causing serious harm. It's not just like Satan's telling us like <laughs> I don't know. I okay okay. It's exactly all those things. Like, as soon as I read that line, I thought of the first thing you said is, like, turn off your feelings, like the Book of Mormon musical. Like, it's all about don't have feelings, don't have responses to these, quote, unquote, imagined unfairness or injustices. Like, just don't even. And if you do, then again, it's part of Satan's three-step maneuver. Three-step maneuver. It's just so silly, but at the time, I'm sure I'd have been like writing this down in my journal. But this is like uh, a general conference talk. Oh, three-step maneuver. Got to write it down. And it, 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 one. It's stupid, but it also pisses me off because this is pitting people in the church against people mm-hmm. like us outside of the church. They're like, oh, they left? Wow. Satan's three-step maneuver worked on them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They can leave the church, but they can't leave, can't it, alone. leave it alone. Yeah, that's what it is. Um, number three, so the third step in his three-step maneuver, it's manipulate these negative impulses to instigate the use of worldly or secular activism or advocacy rather than the doctrine of Christ to effect change in the kingdom of God. Yeah. <sighs> So don't so. try to change these things that are harming people. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like just essentially saying don't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. That's what he's saying. Don't do anything at all. Don't. And if you do want to do something about it, you have to go through the protocol that's in the church's handbook and not like where the rest of the world, like how you actually bring about change and activism. Yeah. Don't yeah. do it that way. Which means that you can't do anything about it because you don't have any power in the church and mm-hmm. you'll get disciplined for trying to do so, which is we we hear this sometimes from like progressive Mormons or other people that are like, well, maybe you, we can change the church from within. Well, this talk proves that you can't. That you cannot. They, they don't want they don't want to change. They don't want anyone to try to change the church nope. because it's above it's the kingdom of God. It's above <laughs> our secular ways. We can't change it. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Mm. So he brings out like this three step maneuver. And then (laughs) he's like, so now we have those three steps here, three thoughts on activism towards the church. So then he offers these three ways of recognizing and avoiding activism against the church. Okay, right. All right. So the first one is, he says, be sensitive to the mo- to the more vulnerable of this deception, meaning Latter-day Saints of all ages, experiences, and backgrounds, including those coming from different faith traditions, may not yet understand the doctrine of Christ or its importance, a.k.a. 
members who are converted, basically, is what it's saying, who didn't grow up in the bubble of the brainwashing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, OK, so he's saying yeah, be, be sensitive to who might be susceptible to this three step maneuver. And uh-huh. one of them is converts, which, yeah, like you just said, they're they're probably going to notice the problems quicker than someone like me who was indoctrinated in it as a child mm-hmm. and didn't see the problems in it until I was much older. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. And he even says they will likely only know and trust the telestial tools they have seen used in the world. <laughs> we will have to help them see why the doctrine of Christ should have priority over all other causes, why it should always govern our methods and manners, and why it is the only real hope to accomplish any righteous change or cause. Whoa, that was so culty. Oh, my right? God. Yeah, the only way is through our gospel and our doctrine. That's the only way. Your telestial ways are below us. And the the one that stood out to me the most that gave me like chills of how cultish it was is why it should always govern our methods and manners and why it's the real hope to accomplish any righteous change or cause. That's so creepy. It's like, yeah, we're the only ones you should follow ever. Mm -hmm. Yep. It's creepy. Um, So the second one that he points out is recognize that valiant spirits can sometimes be misguided and need patient guidance. So, (laughs) yeah. So this one, again, I love it how they give... (laughs) Their resources and their backing is always like from Mormon resources, like nothing that's actually valid or relevant or, you know, like credit anywhere outside of the Mormon church. So he says, among the many important lessons I take from the Book of Mormon is the principle that we cannot always judge others pre-mortal righteousness by their current state of confusion or even rebellion. Oh, yeah. We're just confused or rebellious. Yes, because our pre-mortal righteousness, right? Um, Right. This story of redemption of the errant valiant makes the prophet's call to today's rising generation to help gather Israel more timely and urgent. The same is true of his teaching them of their true identities. Mm. Yeah. Uh. The example of the Book of Mormon, Alma the Younger and the Sons of Mosiah. And how they allowed Satan to misdirect their actions before they were converted. <laughs> so, so now we're going we're going to victim blaming because they allowed Satan to mislead them. And also, I love that he's using an example from a fictional book written by Joseph Smith. Yes, exactly. Yes. Like I was just like, oh, here we go again. Not real resources, just um, <laughs> from the Book of Mormon. Great. <laughs> That totes happened. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Okay, so the third one, this one is the the longer descriptions in there, is the enemy uses activism towards the church to cleverly and effectively undermine the doctrine of Christ, especially faith in him. Okay. okay, so we have a fun little abbreviation, a little, um, what's it called, acronym? No, acronym uh-huh. is not, maybe that is right. Yeah. That the church loves to do in their little examples or their talks. So he says, activism towards the church, also abbreviated as ATC. <laughs> so what's right. referred to as ATC throughout the rest of this talk is activism toward the church. Okay. So the church is the victim, right? Yes. So Uh we all know that. It's the victim. It says, ATC weakens faith and trust in God. Its pattern is to undermine faith in church leaders. So not actually listening to what it's supposed to do. It's just all about the church being a victim and it's undermining faith in the leaders. And, yeah, and the the leaders are always right in according to this. Like, uh-huh. if you don't have faith in them, if you question them, then that's this adversary that's coming to get you. Yep. And, oh, it, it gets into that even more, which is... Oh. Yeah. So he says, this distress is the very opposite of the faith the Lord requires of his covenant people and himself, his prophets and apostles, and those they direct. ATC 
again, activism towards the church, (laughs) tends to focus on leaders' imperfections and opposes their testimonies by undermining their credibility in the eyes of followers. So the first thing that came to my head was, you know, all of these cases of sexual abuse in the church and leaders Mm. who were either the cause of it or who ignored it or who did not do what they should have done in that position that's yeah. what I thought of. Like, yeah, oh, 100%. On their imperfections and not focus on their testimony. Yeah, it, it's um, it, it's wanting members to give leaders a free pass just because they're leaders, which is super dangerous. Like mm-hmm. you just said, Sarah, it's like, why th- these leaders should be questioned, especially mm-hmm. ones that have committed acts that are not only illegal, but atrocious. And then beyond that, things that that certain leaders say, like I'm thinking of Dallin homophobe Oaks, Uh they lead to to things like self-harm and suicide. So why, but but we're not supposed to question that. We're just supposed to focus on the good things they say. Uh, No, no, I don't think that's how that should work. No, exactly. I mean, we've we've said it from day one. You cannot criticize anything in the church because if you do, then it's Satan. And that's always been the core way of how they control or make it a cult, Mm -hmm. basically. It's like we can control control the people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he even goes on to say, masquerading as a higher and nobler cause, ATC instigates distrust of these leaders. By seemingly customizing this deceptive approach to the valiant, he, quote, the er, parentheses, the adversary, cleverly diminishes their real power of faith and robs them of their true mission, the gathering. He effectively turns the gatherers into scatterers. (laughs) The state's like so with it. Like he does so with it. (laughs) He does a lot. I'm glad to be a scatterer. (laughs) Yeah. He's got the three-step maneuver going on. I just picture him in cowboy boots. I don't know why, but three-step oh, Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm so, so here for it. <laughs> but, um, no, I, I like how he said there, I mean, by like, I mean hate, but, you know, um, <laughs> that um, he's cleverly disguised as, um, what was it, like, of a moral high ground? Because yeah. a lot of a lot of people like us who criticize the church, it is because we don't align with the ethics mm-hmm. of the church. And um, I, I noticed we, we got a, a review a while ago that said that you and I were just like virtue signaling. And it's like, you know, what? I, we've never claimed to be perfect, but we we want to speak out against a church that we once believed in, we mm-hmm. paid tithing to, and we feel bad about that because the church is sexist, homophobic, transphobic, racist mm-hmm. all these things and so yeah we're gonna talk about it and it's not just a fake perception of moral high ground it actually is the better moral ground to it step is. up impressed yeah <laughs> and even if even if you took out all of those really really problematic things that are in the church's doctrine you removed all of that but they still had the same cult behavior because they are a cult in that they control you and what you can do and how you can this whole talk is about controlling how you respond to mm-hmm. anything that's you know problematic within the church that's still something that we would want to talk about even if yes. the church was you know fucking woke and fantastic you know I'm, I'm being rolling my eyes here even if it was how they control the members is so problematic and still yes not yes. something that you should you know want to be a part of in any way and something that should be criticized for yes. sure uh, yeah well, yeah I totally agree mm-hmm. yeah um he goes on to say that ATC focuses on leaders human weakness rather than their strengths and mantles so again talking about like <laughs> We got to just focus on how they're great and don't ever call them out on being weak, which is a huge problem. That's why church leaders get away with so much shit. Well, yeah, because it's just like they're they're men of God. Right. So, I mean, it's the classic it's the classic cult thing. Like, do not don't point out the Mm -hmm. bad thing that the cult leader is doing. Just focus on the good stuff he's doing. Exactly. How they get away with it. Yeah. 
And he even, so he's really like hung up on this convert things. And I think it's because their numbers are dwindling and they're trying to get as many new converts as possible. But I think these new converts are coming in with a lot more info in their back pocket and awareness Mm. than those Mm -hmm. who brought up in the church. So he goes, ATC can also deceive new converts who may or may, sorry, who may be more used to religious traditions where leaders are hired or fired by their local congregations. Some will be more accustomed to religious leaders who avoid controversial topics. Oh. And yeah. And then this is the one where I just thought like his next point too is so uh, it's all about control and their rhetoric and how they speak and also how they want you to be aware of these things. So he says he counseled to beware of catchphrases that somehow preserve a sense of religious sincerity to influence others, such as I don't follow the brethren. I follow Jesus Christ, or I am holding the brethren accountable to do what's right. (gasps) So, He's saying that you're not supposed to say those things. Yeah. He's saying that you should be aware, be aware of these, like, or sorry, beware of them. Yeah. That. Oh, wow. So bad. That's such control. Yeah. Like you, you have to follow the brethren. You can't just have this personal relationship with Christ. You have to follow the brethren and not question them and not hold them accountable even. Exactly. It's so bad. It's so bad. And then he does the whole, like at the end, which is, again, we've talked about this so many times. I swear they must like any person who gives a talk or has to write an article or anything like that. The church must use this format. Because at the end, he wraps it up with, like, we've said all these things. We've brainwashed you all these ways. We're controlling you, Nicole. But please do not misunderstand. I'm not saying <laughs> all ATC's causes are not important or good. Because we said, he goes, this is the part that is like, oh, God. A quote, a light bulb must be changed to avoid darkness and restore light. My simple point is a hammer. So negative. that He's associating hammer with activism, which is already, like, sounds harsh is not the right tool for that job. All needed and appropriate changes in the kingdom of God are God's work to bring to pass. Okay, sir. So what is the appropriate tool for, for getting change to happen? It's apparently like not a hammer. <laughs> apparently nothing. It's like he wants you to think that, sure, you can still have your, have your criticisms, but actually he just spent the last however many pages telling you you can't. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. And then it goes on. Like, it's so, honestly, this whole talk, and you guys, just emphasize, this isn't old. This was October 4th, 2022. So this is the type of conversation and dialogue that's happening among the church leaders that they're trying to tell you to then teach to, in this example, the youth. Um, so further brainwash them. Um, it's mm-hmm. just so problematic. And he, and this is the part where he's, he uses the term gaslighting, which I was just like, no, no, he did not. <laughs> no, he did not. So he has a whole section that's how to recognize activism towards the church, ATC. <laughs> he says that he, so he goes, Brother Corbett taught that ATC, quote, effectively gaslights church members who engage in it. Quote, not in the sense that it manipulates them to question their own sanity, but in that it narrows minds, enlarges beams and blind spots, and invites judgmentalism at all all at once. You're using the term wrong, dude. (laughs) Okay, that's not what gaslighting is. And... Like the fact that he's trying to say that ATC gaslights church members. It's like, are you kidding me? This entire talk is a perfect example of gaslighting church members where it's like, did you think that you were, you know, understanding that there's problematic areas in the church and you wanted to question them? So you did so and you brought this to light and now you're being scolded, but you don't know why and you're confused and you did something wrong and you feel guilty that's being gaslit. <laughs> and you're, yeah, you're confused about the reality of things because of what the church is doing, not what is happening. in re- it's, it's perfectly normal to question these things. But then, oh, my God, this is this is next level. <laughs> Isn't it? Like, I couldn't believe how blatant and in your face this talk was. Usually the church is pretty good about, like, 
confusing you and it's a bit vague or it might say one or two things in the talk that is like, whoa, but then they, you know, backpedal and talk a lot about the positivity and make it sound like it's not as bad as it is. But this talk, I was like, shit, this is, this is in your face. Like they must have hit a really low point. And that article <laughs> that came out recently talking about the members dipping and like how it's, you know, decreased quite a bit is, uh, not doing too well for them right now they're they're on next level trying to get things back up on the rise Uh. yeah so I'm just going to end on this there's like I said that pdf was like 13 fucking pages long but I'm just gonna end on this one where he says there are some ways additional ways to recognize ATC other than the ones that he's just brought out and he has a whole bullet point list so I'm just going to pull out a few of them this one so the the one that I was like oh okay I mean they're all horrible but this is like the first one that popped up ATC sits on the trash heap of disappointing history recycling others real or imagined sins and shortcomings what yeah the trash heap of disappointing history recycling others real or imagined sins and shortcomings Oh, okay. All right. So is he saying that what Joseph Smith did was uh-huh. just imagined? Uh-huh. That's what I got from it. Uh, oh, oh, wow. Okay. And it even gets worse because the next line is, it also finds fault with current attempts to regulate the affairs of the church, chaining everyone involved to the past or present. So you're not allowed to criticize the church based on its past. You can't. Find <laughs> it. oh, oh, yeah. Don't don't find any uh-huh. fault with what any of them have done ever. OK. OK. All mm-hmm. right. Yep. And then another one is ATC generally ignores church leaders, positive features and accomplishments. So, you know, yeah, that bishop was really, really great, even though he did some horrible shit slash, you know, sexual abuse. But you guys, you forgot to look at the positive features and accomplishments of the church leader. Yeah. Look at all the good. No, I don't want, I don't want to do that. No. Yep. And then it says by nature, ATC will always drive its followers to find other issues. So they won't just be happy with one. They got to find all the issues in the church. (laughs) I mean, it's because there are hundreds of issues. <laughs> I know. They're just there. It's not like we we had to search very hard. Sarah just at the top of this episode said you just go to their website and it's content gold. And that's not even digging into the past. Like, no, exactly. Look hard. They're just there. Like, I mean, this was like current events type shit on their website. Like, I wasn't digging at all. It was the first thing. And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And then this one, I just, I'm in such shock that this one's on here, too. I'm not even shocked anymore. I don't know why I said that. I'm just a bit like, okay. ATC cleverly plays on cultural identities and seeks to elevate them above all else in the minds and hearts of its followers. It substitutes culturally familiar voices for divine ones. You and I, you and I must help them, help those to whom we minister and avoid allowing their social identities to consume them. Oh, wow. Oh, this is, <laughs> okay, I have, here's how I heard that, that people who identify as gay uh-huh. or, or maybe trans or, trans, or, yep. or that, non-binary or any of that, anything. like. That um, they're too wrapped up in their cultural social identity, mm-hmm. and we need to try to get them to forget about that. Yep. Yep. That's exactly how I read it. When I read that, I was like, oh, okay. Because remember, the whole kickoff of this talk and the reason why he did it was because he was talking about the proclamation to the world, and a member walked out. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know, don't know the past or the background of that story, but I'm assuming that he walked out because it's problematic and because he doesn't identify as a heterosis person. Like, probably. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I really hate the, uh, I've, I've heard it a bunch now from Mormons that you shouldn't focus your identity on your sexuality. Like, 
how how Bednar said there are no gay members of the church. They're all just children of God and it, like we shouldn't identify as gay or whatever. But to that, I want to say, like, first of all, fuck off. But also <laughs> all of you that are saying that identify as straight and you push exactly. this. You push the sexual agenda of getting married and having kids as young as possible. So that's okay for you to do, but not for someone else to identify as their, what, who they really are. Exactly. Uh, and I mean, even from a young age, like young men, young women, young women, you're taught you're a daughter of God. This is your mission as a woman is to get married, to have children. That's your divine calling, blah, blah, blah. That's, you know, they push identity on the members from day one. Yeah. But you're not allowed to, I don't know, accept your own identity and talk about it and use that as a way to view the world. Like you're not allowed yeah. to do that. But you're not it's allowed to unless unless it's what they tell you you are. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Mm. So that's that talk. Happy New Year. <laughs> Happy 2023. We're going in with a bang. Oh, well, thank you for covering that because yeah, like I said, I um I've I've saw it and I I skimmed it and everything and I I know some other people have covered it. I I think uh Jake and Dusty might have covered it as well, but um oh, shit, have they? <laughs> well, I'm not caught up on their podcast. Hi guys. Hello. Hello. Okay. Hi guys. I'm not caught up yet. Um, <laughs> I've started the, uh, an episode the other day and haven't finished it yet. But I I I hadn't gone into the depths of it, and so I'm really glad that you covered it and it it perfectly shows the mind control that um the church uses on its members and it's really messed up. It's really scary actually. It's so scary and so problematic. And just like the level, I know I already said it, but just to say it again, like the fact that it's so in your face, but yet as a member, when you read it, you just don't even pick up on those cult-like vibes. Yeah, I know, I know. Oh yeah, that makes sense. But then when you read it as being out of the church and it's like, whoa, Whoa. That's scary. That's really scary. They're controlling every aspect of your life and how you respond to anything that's problematic in the church. You're not allowed to to do anything about it. Like you just need to keep quiet, turn off your feelings and turn a blind eye and keep raising that hand to sustain the members and the leaders. And yeah, keep giving them your money. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Give them all the monies. Whoa. Well, thank you, Sarah for covering that <laughs> thanks for joining me on that ride next week we're going to cover how to do the three-step maneuver um, <laughs> bring your cowboy boots and cowboy hat and that's what we're going to be covering <laughs> oh, oh if we did a video on patreon of us teaching how to do the three-step maneuver <laughs> we should we should do it and then start a tiktok trend it'll be the newest dance the three-step maneuver <laughs> Satan's three-step maneuver. <laughs> so here for it. Yes. <laughs> uh, okay, listeners. Thank you so much for coming along with us. And uh, yeah, we'll be back next week. We'll be back next week. Bye. Bye.